And so we turned to my guys and I was like, hey, you know that idea we've been kind of playing around with about doing this management support company? Like, call, call, call someone. Let's call, call her, right? <laughs> And, and, and we did, and the guy was, and we was just like, Hey, can we, can we have lunch? Can we talk to you about something? Nope. And it was fine. It was an easy phone call, it, but it seemed like such a big deal. Yeah. Right. That, that barrier is like, oh, I don't want to do it. And it was like, no, just don't think about it. That's another philosophy. Like, I just don't think about things. I yep. just do. I think that's the Joker. Ready, fire, aim. Huh? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so we did it. And then that night we went back to our hotel room and we all threw our, we, we threw together like a PowerPoint plan of here's our business. Here's what we're going to do. We just on the on the hotel we came up with the name you know and uh and then i i'm I'm following grant cardone he's all about marketing and all stuff so i walked out on the balcony we had this beautiful view of miami and the harbor and stuff and i made this little video that i posted on my my facebook group that i had Mm -hmm. had been consulting with all these guys i was like you know hey here's this awesome opportunity i want to share with you guys blah 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 and did this really cool thing well, hey, uh, getting right into it. Uh, I am Dr. James Taylor. This is another episode of Fueled by Spite. So as always, like, share, follow. This the, this interview is, is the first of its kind in how it came up. So this is Blake Vaughn, a local politician. And this is the first time we've met. But we've exchanged uh, just a little bit of back and forth on our, our local city Facebook group in North Richland Hills. Uh, he was the one I always answering questions about garbage pickup or <laughs> can we have chickens or what all, happened all with the chickens yeah. or hey when are we going to talk about chicken a lot of fucking chickens <laughs> over the past three months and just you know i reached out hey i've got a local podcast do you want to be on it um he asked a couple of questions back and forth and you for all intents purposes agreed to it with a gif of borat going very nice <laughs> so all right cool i made a good decision asking this guy to come on so real quick blake uh give us your origin story who are yeah. you aside from chicken talk why are you here whenever i get this kind of question i like to start uh, way back in like the 1950s i know i wasn't born yet but go with me <laughs> my mom and dad they grew up in the the projects of east dallas okay over where baylor hospital is right now uh, dirt poor. Mm-hmm. Okay. My uh, dad was actually in a bar fight with a friend of his. Uh, the, the friend stabbed someone, I believe murdered them, and he had to go to prison. And my dad was given the choice of going to the army or going to prison. Um, and so he chose the army, right? Fair. Um, he was about 19 years old at the time, uh, did the army for a little bit. He had to get out early because his parents had gotten sick and he had there were siblings and all that. Um, and, and so he got out, uh, ended up getting married to my mom. Uh, she was 19 at the time. So right, right there, 20, 21, 19. And, um, and, and then he had to start raising his brothers and sisters because his parents passed away mm-hmm. very early. Um, and so he was kind of thrust into this responsibility, right? You need to either straighten up or, or your, your life is over. Yep. Um, and, and so he was able to do that. He was able to come out. He started working with the post office, started, uh, then he started his own company a few years after that. And over the next 26 years, he grew that company from uh, nothing to maybe the, the equivalent of about $17 million a year in revenue. Um, and so very successful. Yeah. And, and so I grew up for my maybe first 16 years, uh, living in that success, that financial success that he had. Um, you know, when he brought my, my lunch to school, he'd bring the whole class lunch and we go on like vacations every other weekend, do all this fun stuff. And it, it was great. Um, but, uh, by about the time I was age 16, he got distracted. Ballpark, what year are we in? Uh, this is about 2001. Okay. Okay. Recession hit right there. 9-11, all that stuff. About 16 for me, critical age. Um, by the way, I was, uh, very introverted. Um, didn't have a lot of friends. Um, I was maybe two twenty and five, four. My nickname was Oompa Loompa, not by choice. Okay. 
Big names uh, rarely are by choice. Still, still scarred, still scarred. <laughs> no, and um, uh, but you know, it, it was just like I was just very closed off and, and introverted. And um, my dad was an alcoholic, severe alcoholic. He drank about a fifth of gin every night. Um, during that sixteen years, I never saw my parents kiss. Uh, every single night, I saw him verbally and emotionally abusive to her. Uh, called her every name in the book. I mean, just the absolute worst stuff. Uh, I remember many, many times um, just like locking myself in my closet and crying and all this stuff as a kid. And at age 16, he got distracted by a lot of stuff um, outside of his business, right? Um, just doing things he shouldn't have been doing mm -hmm. um, outside of his marriage, uh, long-term affair, and just kind of had a whole nother family basically uh, that he had set up and he was funding. Um, my mom was basically forced to make it sound like a business. He had set it up and was yeah, funding. yeah. I mean, that's a business, you know, yeah. very business minded. <laughs> um, and my mom was, uh, you know, even though he was super successful at the time, he was very, he didn't let her let anyone into the, uh, the financials of his business. Yeah. So no one really knew what was going on. Um, my mom was basically forced to shop at you know, Walmart and JC Penney. Great. That's how I grew up. Um, but this other family, this other lady was shopping at Neiman Marcus and Saks Fifth Avenue. Ooh. Right. And, um, you know, we find all this stuff out in the divorce is pretty stupid. Um, but anyway, he, he got distracted and, and he ended up sending my mom divorce papers on their anniversary. Right. I remember the sheriff or the constable knocking on her door that night and, uh, oh man, sorry, it's getting really deep. Sorry. That's all right. But, uh, it, 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 over the next year, he went from being super successful to losing absolutely everything. His business went through the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, he had put all his what, eggs in one basket talking about chickens. Um, nice. and, and yeah, that, that one customer ended up moving out. And so it just kind of crushed his business and then the recession hit. And, um, and so in that one year, he literally went from super successful to nothing and it crushed him and it crushed his identity as well, because mm -hmm. he, he was built on this. I am a success. He spoke at all the association meetings. He, um, you know, just very well respected yeah. more or less right outside the family. Um, and, and <laughs> important uh, distinction. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> put that in there. And it, it, yeah, it was bad. He ended up working like he, he didn't recover. Uh, his next few jobs was working as like a cashier at 7-Eleven mm -hmm. or the loss prevention guy at a Fiesta Mart. Yeah. Um, he, his health was literally sucked out of him. I yeah. mean, at 59 years old, he was very healthy. I mean, very healthy, look, looked great and worked out and all this stuff. And over that next maybe two to three years, the best way I could describe him to you is the, the creature Gollum from Lord of the Rings. And um, he left my mom in a position where she hadn't worked in 14 years. And so um, the house ended up going into foreclosure. She couldn't afford it. Uh, she couldn't afford to put food on the table. It was very rough for a period of time. Um, luckily, we had some people kind of just surrounding us, helping us. Uh, I was in a Christian school and we had people step in to help cover the tuition costs and all that. I had teachers who would kind of pray with me and stuff. And yeah. just as I walked through that very hard time, I had a, a football coach who said, you know, Blake, you're going to play football. I'm like, no, coach, you. I'm not that guy, right? I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the opposite of a football player. Um, he's like, nope, you're gonna do it. And uh, about six months later, I had lost 55 pounds, which he did not want that. You know, right. it's like the opposite. <laughs> yeah, of and uh, and I, man, it just started to unlock my my confidence as an individual, my self esteem, all this sort of thing. And and so by my senior year, it totally changed what, who I was. Um, very, I, I think I was very confident, very driven. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the motivational force behind a lot of what I do is just this idea of of not wanting my family to go through what I went through, right? And and also trying to, to, to some maybe degree, to, to get back what was lost yeah. for our family, if that makes sense. Um, 
but it was it was very rough. Um, and so I'm constantly kind of aware of uh, what, am I putting too much of my identity in my success because I don't want that to you be saw the yeah the yeah, downfall exactly, of that exactly. And so you know I, I kind of hold my business and 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 financial success or whatever with an open hand. If God wants to take that away tomorrow because He's got something else in in plan, um, well that I know that it's for my good, whatever it is. And so I, I just try to keep that as my 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 driving force. Now it's like yes, I want to be successful. I want to give it everything I got. Um, but, but to be open-handed about it. I also wanted to go to the military. My, my dad was military, my brother's military, all my uncles were military, okay. all that kind of stuff. And so I, I knew I wanted to serve, maybe not a career, but I wanted to serve. Right. And so, uh, while I was waiting to get into the military through a commissioning program through the, um, officer candidate school, I went ahead and finished my MBA in marketing. Um, so just, I, I really enjoy it. I, I love the business aspect of it. Um, then I was able to go into the military. Uh, I, I, made the mistake of, you know, I, I was talking to my, my chief, my recruiter, and uh, he said, uh, you should go supply, you know, you have your MBA, you should go into the business side of the military. And I was like, No, 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 I want to do the real thing. It was interesting. You know, um, I think my captain once said that 2% of what we do is freaking awesome. 98% <laughs> of it is boring, you know, right. So and I did that for a few years was not for me. I, it, that was more of an engineering billet. That's not me. Yeah. Um, I actually shifted over into public affairs before getting out. And I had a really great time doing that. Uh, for about seven months or so, um, we I coordinated like an air show with the Blue Angels on the public affairs side and uh, did some other stuff with the with the local government officials and whatnot. And, um, and then uh, I actually got married while I was in the military. Uh, she was my uh, a girl that I really liked in college, but, you know, the timing wasn't right. Mm -hmm. She ended up getting married to another great guy. Um, they had a kid together and then he was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, and so he actually passed away when he was 29 years old. Oh man. Leaving her a single mom. That's way early. Yeah. And then, so we, we reconnected after that. And about a couple of years later, we ended up getting married. And so I exited the military, um, just to get back home with them you mm -hmm. know, to, to be that father in the house or whatever. And, um, and that brought us back here. It's very hard for me to work for other people. If mm -hmm. I don't, if I'm not completely aligned with what they're doing and, um, if there's not that opportunity to really. Uh, to, to make change, to create change when change needs to be made, uh -huh. um, it gets really frustrating for me. And so things don't really work out. And so, um, which means that you are in no way, shape or form suited for corporate America. Yes, well, exactly. In and of itself. Yeah. So, you know, about 13 months into that, I was like, this isn't going to work. Or the military. I, I need, exactly. Right. <laughs> See, you understand it's all me. It's coming together. Yeah. And, um, and so 13 months in, I, I talked to my, uh, a guy from, uh, we were in a home group from church together. And I was like, Hey, you know what? You hate your job. I hate my job. Why don't we start a business? <laughs> right. And, uh, and so we did, we did really good. We, we made about, uh, I think $700,000 our first year mm -hmm. as a franchise. Um, and through untraditional, non-traditional methods of, of social media, social media and uh, digital marketing versus kind of going door to door with plumbers and that sort of right. thing. And, um, and that was, that got us some recognition within our franchise and we got some awards and whatnot. Um, and then I said, well, Hey, we're giving all this money. Like we come in, we tear things out, but there's other people making money, rebuilding it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, why don't we try doing that? Um, and so we, you know, we actually tried to flip house first and I lost about $30,000 doing my first flip house. Okay. <laughs> but, but I consider that tuition because we, we learned how to start remodeling reconstruction, right. you know, through those mistakes. <clears throat> and, um, and so out of that, we actually opened up the reconstruction remodeling side of our business. And that generated about $1.1 $1 .1 million additional revenue for us our second year. Um, I was like, okay, this is really cool. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I was a big Grant Cardone fan uh -huh. and, um, he says, uh, he says something called, um, you know, commit first, figure it out later, I believe is what he, how he describes it. And, um, he says, you know, if you don't know how to do something like just put yourself into the position of 
being forced to do it, you know, burn the ships uh -huh. mentality, right? And and uh, I remember one day we, I don't know if this is the right thing to do or not, but this is what happened. Uh, <laughs> someone called me. There was a big storm coming through and there's hail falling and all that. And uh, they're like, "Hey, can you patch a roof? Like, yeah. can you tarp a roof?" And I was like, "Yeah, we're on our way." And I hung up the phone. And I turned to my partner. I'm like, "Okay, we need to learn how to tarp a roof really quick, yep. right?" And so as we're driving in the van to you know up north somewhere, uh, we had he had YouTube open with a YouTube video, how to tarp a roof, right? Perfect. And we're going to do it. Yep. And uh, we had to stop, but we didn't have the stuff. So we had to stop at Home Depot on the way. It was, it was fascinating. Um, but out of that, we opened the roofing division of our company. So we, you know, it was just kind of like these- Necessity cool... is the mother of invention. Exactly. Uh, I made a promise to somebody. Yep. Cool. We have the necessity. It, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, and of course we made mistakes along the way, yep. but I think that's very important that we just understand that that's part of entrepreneurship. That's part mm -hmm. of anything that you're doing is, is don't be afraid of making mistakes, right? Um, you want to have a good quality product. I, I got super overwhelmed about 2020, um, well, about December 2019 into January 2020. And I remember uh, we had adopted and it was we had infant adoption. So I had like maybe three or four months of just not sleeping at all. Yeah. It was bad. And uh, we have two other kids now as well. And, and so I was super stressed, overworked. Like I, I loved what I was doing, but I was just, it was overwhelming what I was doing. And uh, I remember I dropped my, my family off at church and then I went and parked the car. And when I walked back in, uh, my wife gave me the strangest question. She said, where's the baby, right? And <laughs> this is the, yes, that, that is an unexpected uh, question. And I'm just like, baby, oh yeah, I left him in the car, right? And that was an eye-opening moment to me. I mean, I was I was floored. I uh -huh. was I was like bawling and all this stuff, just stressed out, right? And uh, and about maybe four or five weeks later, I'd sold my company. I sold my management company. I was like, I can't do it anymore. I sold it to my partners um, just to focus on the the one thing that I did really well. Yeah. Um. And then like two weeks later, COVID hit, and so <laughs> I, you know, my my delivery company is just very automated. I don't have to do anything. Yep. It, I don't really. It's, I just watch emails maybe. And so I was able to spend like that first year of COVID just hanging out at home. And then we did some traveling, hit national parks and, mm -hmm. and just, I was, it was like God orchestrated for me to step out of that thing that I was doing, which I enjoyed, but it was overwhelming and prepared me to spend this next year and the first year of our, our infant's life, you know, the, the new adoptee or whatever. Um, and man, it's just been a, a beautiful experience to, to kind of walk through that. I'd actually, uh, I, I'm literally just getting back. I was at a mastermind this weekend. I was in, nice. uh, in Nashville, uh, Tennessee, and I was fortunate enough to be with Michael Chandler. Mm -hmm. And actually, I don't know who's that UFC. Uh, okay, he's got gotcha. the fight coming up with Conor McGregor here in oh, a couple. Oh months. yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be um, great. Mm -hmm. So it was it was him, um, and then two of my coaches, Sean Dill and Lacey Book. One of the things that Chandler had said during the weekend, because I mean, obviously the 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 mixed martial artist, the the mm -hmm. combat athlete, if you will, mm -hmm. is totally different in a totally different space than a team athlete, than a football player, right. basketball player. Um, personally, like I have a, a thing for rugby. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, a, a combat athlete is is it's them and them alone. Yeah. And then who's ever in the guy, who's ever the person across the cage. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you know, so I wrote down a couple of things you were saying. One of the things he said this weekend that kind of struck me, and I think you could probably speak to this really well. He goes, he goes, what makes people happy? Mm. Progress. Mm -hmm. So going off that route, sure. and then at the same time, you had to, you took multiple leaps of faith. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I'll give you a really easy answer for that. You know, I've actually, 
and I, I felt kind of bad about this. This, this dips back into my faith, if you will. Um, and I've actually talked to my pastor about this because I feel kind of convicted over how I feel. But I have such confidence that the that God will work all things out for my good and his glory. And that his providence is leading our steps. And even the mistakes that we make, he will turn them into our good, into something for our good. That I believe that if if I'm pursuing him and I'm I'm wanting what's best, I'm going to make mistakes, but those mistakes are not going to kill me, mm-hmm. right? Not eternally, right? And so there's a there's a certain amount of power, for lack of a better word, that you have when you really come to grips with this idea of he's got me and I could lose everything tomorrow, like everything, and I will be okay and my family will be okay because there's some reason that that's happening, that he's allowing it to happen. Okay, so that is that is the that is the how or the why um, I'm able to make some of those steps. And they're scary. Don't get me wrong. There's, uh-huh. there's anxiety in there. And and uh, it's like, oh, oh, my gosh, like, is this, you know, with our with our building that we're doing, like, is this loan going to come through? If it doesn't come through, we've got a you know million dollars in this project already. And what's going to happen? Oh, my gosh. But but there's this there's still at the at, underneath it all. There's a a driving confidence that says it'll be all right. It'll be all right. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I would almost you, you think about it from this perspective, too. There is a I, there is a preference that I would rather fail if it's for my greater good mm-hmm. than getting what I want if it's going to take me away from what he has in store for me. So I've, I've also got a, 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 a spiritual consultant, if you will, mm-hmm. um, the pastor that I speak with. I've done a, an episode with him. I'd recommend you go watch it. It's quite good. I think I was actually watching that. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, so last week, um, so what he does is he, he's, he sends me a, a passage. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, hey, this is what we're going to talk about this week. And last week, uh, he sent me James chapter one, verses two through four, which is consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I say if, if that's not what literally what you were just talking about, shit, I don't is. know what it is. When you're in the middle of a crisis, you, you don't know why it's happening. Right. Fact. You're, yeah. yeah. You're, <laughs> you're like, well, what I've done all these things, right. Why is this happening to me now? I mean, mm-hmm. think about my wife. She, uh, she, she, she has always been in pursuit of, of like trying to be the best uh, believer that she can be follower of Christ. Right. And yet when she's in the middle of her husband having leukemia and she's a single mom, she's like, why is this happening? Uh-huh. Right. And, and that's a totally legitimate question. Everybody was going to face things like that. Yep. Um, and and yet, underneath it, you have to believe if if you have faith, right, that there is a purpose to this. You may not understand it, but when you're able to look back over time, you're going to see the things that are stringing together. And there are eternal priorities that are greater than our uh, our priorities that we have for our lives here. Mm-hmm. And and so just making sure that we have the right um pri- that that we are putting stacking that correctly, if that makes sense. Um, I I looked back. I'm like, you know, why was it so hard for me? Why did I have to walk through this? abusive father, not not to me necessarily, but yeah. toward my mom and, and to see that just a wrecked relationship and abandonment and neglect. And, well, the, and to be in the presence of abuse is still abuse. It, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I never thought about neglect as abuse or abandonment. Like it is though. It's yeah. emotional abuse and whatnot. Um, uh, it, anyway, so it, it, 
why did I have to walk through it? Why do we have to walk? Like uh, there was a, a very short period of time where I was homeless. I had to go live with an uncle because mm -hmm. I, I had nowhere else to go. And it was, it was crazy. Um, and, and uh, my mom, like just so much stress that she was under and, and I would see it physically, you know, play out and whatnot. Um, and yet I almost feel like it, you know, looking back, like that was preparing me for some really hard times. And I remember at one point in the military, I, I was having a very bad time in the military. It's just not, not a fit for it. Yep. Um, there are some people, man, they are, they, they, they are built for the military and, and you're not we, one of them. I'm not one of them. <laughs> and, and we need those people like at the forefront. Right. Yep. Um, but it, I remember I was, I was sitting on the side of a bridge wing one time, you know, we're out in the middle of the Pacific ocean and, uh, man, I, I was like at my bottom rock bottom. And I had a, a lieutenant come up to me, great guy, and uh, and he shared a, a scripture with me. I'm sorry, I don't want to make this all about faith or whatnot, but this is important to me. I didn't have um, any intention of doing that either. Yet here we are. Uh, so yeah, yeah, right. It it he shared a scripture with me, which to this day it just it's I see it. I have it everywhere. I have like a plate in my office with it. I have a a picture of the storm. But it, he said uh, it's in Exodus. He says, "The Lord your God will fight for you. You need only be still." Right. So once again, having comfort in the fact that. The, the battle is not yours. Yeah, you're doing these things, but yeah, there, there's just story after story in the Bible of like people that are trapped in crisis, not understanding what's happening, and yet then seeing how God was orchestrating things to do something even greater with them. You can look at Joseph, you can look at Moses, you can look at any number, any number of people. Um, and so I, I look back in my life and I see crisis after crisis after crisis of frustration, difficulty, obstacles, and yet becoming stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And, you know, I don't know what's in store for me going forward, but I'm, I'm glad that I was able to walk through these things, even though they were painful, because I know there's something that he's doing. Right. And, and I'm looking forward to what that might be. Can you, by chance, pinpoint the time when there, there was a fork in the road, if you will, you were at a, a, a crisis and you're like, Hey, I'm going to keep moving forward or fuck it. Let's just let it take me and see what happens. Oh gosh. I mean, because I, 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 I mean, it's one of those things where you, you have to build that muscle, mm -hmm. right? When was <laughs> this is a really crude example? When was the first time you just, you exercise, you were given the opportunity to exercise that muscle and what made you decide to exercise it versus letting the situation take you in, and unfold as it was. Uh, I think just, um, the starting of a business is is very difficult, right? Fact and it, yeah, it, and and I've I've done it about seven times now. Gross. Um, <laughs> and 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 it has been gross for most of those. Like, um, okay, let me if I can flip it and give you kind of the the bad side, I guess first. That's fair. Um, you know, I I tried starting a FedEx business. I tried starting a trucking business. Um, and it, it was miserable miserable and i would get i was months into these two different operations two different businesses and i remember getting months and months into it and and it just being more and more depressed like physically emotionally i would start getting more and more depressed mm -hmm. versus uh kind of being uh invigorated by it like right you know what i mean sometimes business is like this is awesome like yeah. it's bringing me life i right? will put in a 12 14 16 exactly. hour day you know, this my, is my consulting fun. love it my the management yeah. company we're making yeah. progress. We're, we're making progress. Yeah, stuff Absolutely. is happening. You're, you're seeing things. And then other things, um, you know, my, my, my uh, FedEx company, we were, we started that company right as the great resignation was starting. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I remember it was a few months into this and we just weren't, I, I'd been successful starting a logistics company before mm -hmm. wildly successful. I know how to do it. Right. And then I was doing the same thing again, but it wasn't having the same results. 
And uh, I remember I got a call from uh, one of the FedEx managers. FedEx is a terrible company. I'm going to put that on the record. Okay. Um, I got a call from one of these FedEx managers. And this dude starts screaming at me over the phone. It's like a regional manager with FedEx. You know, you worthless, you know, piece of crap. I thought you knew what you were doing. How come you don't, you know, and I'm just looking at him like, am I in the military again? Right. Um, gosh. Flashbacks. Yeah. PTSD. I was like, I'm sorry. Did you, I, I told him that. I was like, did PTSD you PTSD is not a joke. Yes. <laughs> Um, I was like, did you call just to yell at me? Or did you want me to talk in this conversation? <laughs> right? And he kind of shut up, he realized what was happening and all this stuff. And, and I told him, I'm like, something is happening in the market right now. And, and I know you don't realize it, you guys aren't feeling it. But I'm telling you, there's something happening. This is before anybody talked about re great resignation. Uh -huh. This is a maybe, I want to say March or so 2021. Um, and 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 anyway, I ended up basically getting to the point where I'm like, no, this is a fork in the road. I got to shut this thing down. Yep. And and so I, I fire sold it. I've, I've, I've fire sold maybe three businesses um, where I'm like, they aren't working. I, I'm not going to waste my time investing my energy into this if I don't see a clear path of how we're going to achieve that next level. And then, you know, about two or three months later, you started seeing all the articles pour out about there's this thing happening called the great resignation. Yep. People aren't wanting to work anymore. And I'm like, I feel totally justified in in where I am. And um. And, and, you know, keep in mind, I had other businesses going at the same time already. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I didn't need this business. Yeah, this wasn't the, the end all be all. This wasn't your right. one thing. I, I'm going to pull back here and invest. Uh, this is um, uh, Sung Tzu, Art of War. Uh, yep. the, the general who has an army everywhere has an army nowhere. And so making sure that we don't overextend and then we're not really good at anything that we're doing. Yeah. You know, and uh, in the military, I was actually trained to do that. We were called uh, to overextend uh, and be not good at over, anything. Exactly. We were called a jack of all trades, but a master, master of none. none yeah. Right. Um, and, and the idea there is you learn a little bit about everything. So one day you can command a ship and have a, a decent understanding of how all of it works, mm -hmm. um, whatever. Um, and, and so that, that's what I did. I, I would pull out from those things. And so we were at this 10 X conference, Grant Cardone fakes coming in from a parachute, you know, into the stadium. I don't believe it was him anyway. And, uh, and he, 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 he put us on the spot one time he said, um, Hey, pull out your phone. And that, I don't remember exactly how I said it, but basically it's like that, that business deal, that thing that you've been wanting to do that you're mm -hmm. just too scared to pull the trigger pull out your phone and call that person right now, call that potential customer or that first whatever, yeah. and, and do it right now, like right now. And you know, 30,000 people in the stadium. And, and so we turned to my guys and I was like, Hey, you know, that idea we've been kind of playing around with about doing this management support company, like call, call, call someone, let's call, call <laughs> right. And, and, and we did. And the guy was, and we was just like, Hey, can we, can we have lunch? Can we talk to you about something? Yeah. And it was a fine, it was an easy phone call. It, but it seemed like such a big deal. Yeah. Right. That, that barrier is like, ah, I don't want to do it. And it was like, no, just don't think about it. That's another philosophy. Like, I just don't think about things. I yeah. just do. I think that's the joker. Ready, fire, aim. Huh? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so we did it. And then that night we went back to our hotel room and we all threw our, we, we threw together like a PowerPoint plan of here's our business. Here's what we're going to do. Just on the, on the hotel, we came up with the name, you know, and, uh, and then I, I, I'm following Grant Cardone. He's all about marketing and all stuff. So I walked out on the balcony. We had this beautiful view of Miami and the harbor and stuff. And I made this little video that I posted on my, my Facebook group that mm -hmm. I, had, I had been consulting with all these guys. I was like, you know, hey, here's this awesome opportunity I want to share with you guys, blah, blah, blah. And did this really cool thing. And then we went and rented a, a, another a person who was at that conference said, um, they, they rented a Learjet. Like they used their entire annual budget, marketing budget for a Learjet. Yep. And then they invited two celebrities to come on. So they, it was the burn the ships mentality. Yep. Like this is everything or nothing. And, uh, and I kind of did the same thing. We rent, we rent and rented a, a yacht, a sport yacht. And we said, Hey, you know, we, we're going to have some food and spread. We're going to do a, a nighttime tour of Miami. We want some of you owners to come over here and just hang out with us or whatever. And, uh, anyway, that was, it was like such a cool experience. 
out of, we, we went there with no intention of doing this. And then after that, like three day conference, we started a new business and it just skyrocketed. I mean, and, and they're still operating today. I, I moved on, like I said before, yeah. but, um, but they're still operating today. It's been a few years now. And it's, it's just cool to be a part of that. It's interesting because a couple of things that you, you've said, maybe not outright, but a couple of times, one of the uh, previous episodes, uh, I interviewed a, a local MMA guy mm -hmm. and I'm like, dude, like, and I've known him for a decade. I was like, why, why do you do this? <laughs> You know, I have, you know, me, yeah. James Taylor, I have no desire to get into a ring and potentially or give someone the opportunity to punch me in the face. <laughs> but, you know, if I win, I, I, I could see how that would you know, maybe propel me forward. I'm like, why, yeah. why do you do it? And or what kept you going? Almost kind of same question I have yeah. here is like evidence. Mm -hmm. It's like, and he just, and he just shut up. It's like, what a wonderfully, this is not a shot at you. What a no, wonderfully great. succinct answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, it's, it's just evidence. Like when I did it once. Mm -hmm. And then I could realize I could do it again and I could do it again. So the same like kind that. of thing, like, like that. what, what kept you going? You're like, oh, I have evidence yeah. basically like yeah. again, this is in no way, shape or form, uh, went to plan, uh, such as business, <laughs> but man, I, I like where this went. So again, I gave you the questions beforehand. We didn't touch on a single one of them. I'm okay with that. Um, but what I want to do, I got a couple of rapid fire ones here. Um, just first, you know, top, top mind thing. Is there anyone that you would like to trade places with for a day? Probably Elon Musk. Oh, dude. Yeah. I, I, do I get his brain? I, was I, say, I would like to do that just so I could see what it's what he thinks. Yes. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to be me in his position. I want to be him. Yeah. In but, but, but with my <laughs> yeah. uh, with my conscious, not my knowledge, yes. but my conscious. Yes. So when, exactly. So when on so there's a day 24 hours on hour 2430 as like, yeah, man, like, and if I can't, like, it's the idea of um, someone who is so innovative and also doesn't give a crap. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm going to do this because I think this is what is best. Yep. And I'm not afraid of the, the people who are against that. Yeah, his, right? His to, to conviction. Drive right. And you may not like everything that he does, no. but who, who does that like he does? That? Yeah. What's a guilty pleasure? Um, man, it's probably eating like, you know, I, I'm not supposed to. I've been on a diet for about 26 years now, and I'm still trying to work on it. Um, you know, I, I try to, to eat healthy, whatever this nasty mud water looks uh -huh. like, green stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's desserts, and that's been such a struggle for me. That It's, it's funny because you, you need a lot of self-confidence, or um, um, what is it called? Discipline. Discipline for other things, for business. Uh -huh. But man, I just suck at it when it comes to food. Worst advice you've ever gotten? Um. Okay, you need to move on. I waited on my wife seven years. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. What's an idea that you think most people get wrong? Most people get wrong? Yeah. Um, their motivation for life. Okay, expand upon that. Sure. Um, I think there's, especially, you know, I talk about Grant Cardone and and, and a lot of people in, in success culture, right? Um, it, it, it's the idea of I just need to put my head down and 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 work harder, mm -hmm. right? And and I don't think that's that's that should not be the driving force. Yes, you need to work harder. Yes, you need to give it everything. You need to lay everything on the line, yep. right? Absolutely. But when that begins to 
impact the other things in life that are important, like your family, like your physical health, like your emotional health, like your spiritual health, mm -hmm. all these sort of things. That's where I think a lot of people get mad, especially this younger generation is like, no, I'm going to go after it. Right. Well, maybe not this generation, the one before <laughs> this generation's screwed. Um, you know, <laughs> but, but the one right before it is like, you know, I just want to, I'm going to burn the candle on both ends yeah. and all that kind of stuff and, and make as much money as I possibly can. And it's like, no, screw that. It's it's not about making the most money you possibly can. It's about experiencing life and in having an impact on life that you can leave behind. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That's that's probably what I feel. I like that. I mean, that's that that uh, mm -hmm. that's where I am personally. Like that's that's where I was. Hey, mm -hmm. I work sixteen hours a day. You don't mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to the thing I was at this weekend. Um, Sean Dill, one of the guys that was helping, you know, run it and MC it. He's like, I used to be that guy too. Mm -hmm. I worked 16 hours a day. And he's like, but now you take my hour and take your hour and I can guarantee I have a more productive hour mm -hmm. than you do. And then I don't have to work 16 hours a day. It's like my uh, business partner who, uh, one of my former business partners who we got in a fight and then we, we've kind of made up and all that stuff since, but he gave me one of the best pieces of advice. I've told him this. Um, cause I, I, I wanted to know, like it, it was far as, you know, what, what's more important, make a lot of money now, like store it up so that you can retire. Okay. Later. Mm -hmm. But he said, no, what, why don't you enjoy life now while you're young and you can enjoy all of these things, right. That, and it, and it's not sacrificing your future, but it's like, don't be, don't sacrifice the present for the future, which I know is a very a common way to look at it, but yeah. you have to be, you have to be, um, I don't know what it was, how you, how you do that. Right. Yes. You need to plan for the future and stuff, but it's don't sacrifice the present. Like it, take advantage of the present that you're living in, but be prepared for the future, mm -hmm. you know, store it for the future, but do that. Right. Don't sacrifice too much here. Does that make sense? Oh, hundred percent. He said it a lot better than I said it, <laughs> but, but it stuck with me. And, and that's what I did. I, I, I gave up some opportunities to store up for the future and I took more advantage of like what we're doing now. We travel a lot more now mm -hmm. um, because I want to do that when my kids are young. I yeah. don't want to wait till my kids are gone and then start traveling. You've touched on a couple of people, but um, what are you reading? What are you, what are you listening to? Um, so I, I've just started a book called Knowing God. Um, what I'm trying to do uh, from a, on the, on my faith side, which I'm, I'm trying to invest more time in mm -hmm. right now is is get back to i actually I, I started seminary in january last year no way uh for a yeah because i thought i was going to do an mdiv a master of divinity or something okay. and i made it about five weeks in before i said what were you thinking <laughs> I, cut the cord. I was like no I'm, this is not the time for yeah. me to learn greek and hebrew and i've got three kids at home um but i i do want to get back in touch with like the people who are a lot smarter than most of us are today um, you know, hundreds of years ago, especially with church history, you've got thousands of years of people who have been thinking about these big questions and, and, and threshing through them. Right. So that's where I'm, I'm trying to focus more of, of my time in reading. Um, and then, I, you know, I, I've, I've just got some books that I, I tend to go back and forth with, um, and, and share a lot with other people. Uh, most impactful books I've ever had were how to win friends and influence people, mm -hmm. Dale Carnegie, um, Napoleon Hill, uh, thinking grow rich, uh, Stephen Covey, seven habits or whatever, highly effective people. Yep. Um, these are impactful books. Um, I don't agree with everything in them, but I, there's golden nuggets in all of these things that I think people, Wait, you can learn from somebody or mm -hmm. something without agreeing with hundred percent of the stuff they say. Absolutely. Or write. Absolutely. Wild, that doesn't mean concept. just throw them out, right? What a wild yeah. concept. Yeah. Um, yeah. if I could add one to your list, if Great. you haven't already, uh, the wealthy gardener, I have not, it's I've heard of it. Shit, dude. It's mm -hmm. fantastic. Actually, I've, yeah, 
You can give me it's, a copy when I leave. Yeah, I, I might. I think I got an extra one around gotcha. here. Um, well, I, no, absolutely. Yes, I will. Cause I, I literally, <laughs> I bought the book a dozen times to give it away. So I, I if I've got one here, it's yours, but it's, it is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Is there a place people can find you? If they want to look you up, follow you. And oh, I don't know if you want to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I have my political page, uh-huh. it's Blake Vaughn, associate mayor pro Tim. That's like third in line. It is, I, say, I remember it being a very long title. Yeah. It's a made up <laughs> title. It's like during COVID, if, right. if the three other guys die, then it goes to me. It's so, just into yeah. the general manager. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Well, um, dude, I mean, this is again, uh, has gone in no way, shape or form to plan. But fuck, I had fun, man. This was this was I cool. Like this too. was this was a good time. As always, you will learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Field by spite. Blake Vaughn, appreciate your time, man. Pleasure. <laughs>